0: DJPK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877 877- 346 33
1: Samson, good morning. What's happening? Monday morning and we back at it.
0: <laughs> What's happening? Touchdowns, touchdowns, and more <laughs> touchdowns. You ever played in a football game that had hundred and fifteen points in it before? That's a lot of points.
1: Man, yeah, we could have put up more if Coach didn't want to settle down, honestly. <laughs>
0: So tell us what is
2: it like to play offense with Aaron Roderick calling the plays?
1: And it's interesting. Um, you never know what you're going to get. Honestly, you don't know if he's going to want to bomb and air raid the the team out, or if we're going to end up blocking our our butts off and uh, letting Kyle Gier run the ball in. <laughs> so um, it's honestly it's fun playing under a Rod. Um, he keeps us on our toes and uh, keeps us. Uh, um, k- keeps our heads on us, so, um uh, making sure we uh, build the whole playbook honestly and uh, keeping it locked into our brains
0: Tyler must keep you on your toes though I mean there's wide receivers who you know are going to go for 3 or 4 yards on a play it doesn't really matter what you do with your guy you just kind of dance around out there but the way Tyler breaks him you better be blocking every play he's going to be running right up your heels
1: I know man so i got to put these uh, DBs in the dirt. So I'm trying. Uh, i I'm, I'm staying in the weight room a little longer, uh, lifting, uh, doing upper body a lot more, trying to get right for Ty.
2: You've been in an offense at Utah for several years, and then you come over to BYU. What type of adjustments did you have to make, and was it a difficult adjustment?
1: Um, I think the, the biggest adjustment was uh, – just preparing to catch the ball a little bit more, uh, running routes a little bit more. So uh, it was definitely just uh, perfecting uh, my routes, uh, my releases, and uh, getting uh, the timing down with the QB. Um, I think that was the biggest thing, the um, difference. Um, coach up there at the U just loved to run the ball a little bit more. So uh, it was fun to come down here and just prepare to work my hands a little bit more on my feet and show people what I can do a little more on the field.
0: Is it any different in the uh, film room or in practice?
1: Um, practice is a little bit more different. Uh, we're a little bit more relaxed and uh, player-oriented down here. So uh, we'll break in between uh, to rest our bodies and uh, let the receivers recover a little bit more because we are running a lot more routes and uh, practicing um, deep threats. So uh, I think that's the only really big difference is uh, just uh, the little break that coach gets... Uh, the team and lets us rest a little bit
2: tell us how your brother puka became best friends with dana white
1: <laughs> uh, growing up uh we lived uh back in vegas and um shoot my older brother's kind as they were uh big time all-stars out there in vegas uh, growing up and then um me myself growing up <laughs> i wasn't too bad honestly and uh, <laughs> Puka was the next man up, and everyone knew about his old bars, and everyone, everyone wanted to see what Puka could do. And um, Dana White had a, a, a boy that's uh, Puka's age, uh, little Dana, and uh, they saw Puka playing football one day. I don't know where, but recruited them to be on their Henderson Cowboys team, and from there, Puka was just a superstar. And uh, just started taking over, and I uh, started becoming good friends with Dana and them.
0: So, you surprised to get tagged on social media? Is is your brother surprised by all that? Your family?
1: No, not at all. They honestly uh, invite Puka out to come hang out with them all the time. Uh, Puka's been to a couple of UFC fights. uh, Went to the Conor McGregor fight. um, So he's always going out and hanging out with them, honestly.
2: (sighs) What did you anticipate being able to do against Virginia? And did it surprise you? Because at least watching it looked like it came very easy as a team.
1: Coach coaches talked about it um throughout the whole week. Um Evan was talking about uh Virginia's offense and how they're really good and uh just see, uh saying that seeing if uh BYU's offense could compete and uh score with them and uh Coach Aron said he was just tired of hearing them, uh, let's just go out there and show them who's the better offensive at the end of the night and uh, that's exactly what we did. Uh we took shots all night opened up and spread out the field and then um, right after we spread out the field Kyle uh, deer ran down their throw and so uh, it was just a really beautiful uh, really beautiful offensive sighting for us.
0: So when you looked at Virginia on film, did you know those big plays were there?
1: Um, yes, we did. Um, we saw that their, their DBs were physical and uh, big DBs but we saw that um, they weren't good at uh, playing the ball in the air so Coach A Rod wanted to take shots and uh, test their DBs and see what they could do in there. And I, that's exactly what we did. And uh, the receivers just came out and made uh, bigger plays than the DBs did.
2: Tell us about that little celebration dance. It seemed like you wanted to do more, but you didn't <laughs> know what to do. Uh, what was going on?
1: Exactly. I was lost. Um, I was honestly surprised uh, I caught the ball. Like, I, I slung my body around in the jet and threw a perfect ball, and it was in the pocket. And uh, getting up, I didn't think the crowd was going to be that loud, and it just had me shook and lost in my own head. I couldn't even get my own (laughs) thoughts together to get a celebration down. So I just put the phone up. I was like, "Hey, if you guys have my phone number, you know, give it to the ladies. Give me a call." Uh... Well, did it work?
0: Have you heard from anybody?
1: Um, it worked a little bit, a little bit. Some girls, you know, messaged me, asked me for my phone number. I was like, heck, yeah, perfect. We go out all day and test it.
2: <laughs> so the schedule, at least this week, eases up a little bit, uh, but I'm imagining that you guys are going to take that mindset of easing easing up.
1: Yeah, uh, no easing up. Um, this, this week is just like a Power 5 school to us. Um, Idaho State's another big team, and... Uh, yeah, take it serious. We uh, took two games off the season, and it it cost us a perfect season. So it's uh, we got to lock in and just take this team very serious. So it's gonna be a fun game, and uh, we're trying to put eighty on these guys.
0: Was there at any point in that Virginia game when you were worried when they scored on their fourth straight position, their fifth straight, their sixth straight possession?
1: Oh no! Um, Coach A. Roth prepared the offense for a shootout. We knew this was gonna be an offensive game. And uh, we just wanted to show everybody that we could uh, score in any way, uh, any way possible, and uh, keep up with any offense in the nation, and uh, outscore any offense in the nation if necessary. And uh, that's exactly what we came out and did.
2: When the defense is on the field, what
1: are you doing anyway? Shoot, I'm gonna, I'm trying to pump up the whole crowd to get them loud. I'm trying to get them rocking with me to cheer on the defense. Um, I can try and get the sidelines pumped up, man. I got bad headaches after the game because I'm <laughs> screwing my head off honestly.
0: <laughs> so there's a lot of points in that game and there are a lot of big hits. You feel sore after that game or is there just so much uh so many touchdowns not
1: getting touched, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it's pretty sore after the game. Um blocking's definitely not easy, my upper body's sore, getting is not easy, my legs are sore, but after a win like that, you, you don't even notice a soreness, of you just Remember having a good time and laughing and uh, celebrating with the teammates.
2: Speaking of laughing and celebrating and all that stuff, is this the most fun you're having playing football?
1: <laughs> yes, I found the love. I found the love again. I found I'm able to find myself. And just being under Coach Kalani is just awesome um, and letting us play our brand of football. And us letting, just letting us play um, our games every day and not, not stressing us out and just loving us in a, helping us learn more and more and um, it's just been really fun and I'm loving it out here.
0: Now I know Kalani can be fun. We've all seen him dance and we've all seen him cheering and running up and down the sideline but what's he like when you had a 21 nothing lead and you're trailing at halftime? What's he like in the locker room at the half?
1: Um, it's honestly really cool. Um, he just comes in and walks in and tells us uh, keep doing our thing, uh, believe in one another and uh, believe that we'll make the plays uh, necessary to get back uh, onto our toes and um he just comes and brings enthusiasm and still so loving us and learning and uh, telling us to pick it up just a little bit, but never, never going into shadow or into an angry mode and getting yelling at us. But just you know, supporting us and just uh, showing us good energy and just telling us that everything's going to be okay. Just keep believing in one another.
0: Well, Samson, congratulations on the win, seven and two, and. Good shot at eight and two. So keep it rolling. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful day.
0: Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver, joining us every week here on 97.5 at twelve eighty. The zone. Good shot at eight and two. Good shot at nine and two. Going to USC, and that was a bad injury—broken ankle—for their star wide receiver Drake London. So BYU, they're going to be they're going to be favored again and again and again. I would expect. You no, know, favored the rest of the way, huh? Yeah, I would think so. Uh. Ah, how about that? Loading up on the W's.
2: That yeah, ten and two. I mean, that's a fine season. <laughs> There's no way other way to look at it. I, mean, I don't, I don't care what league, what conference, and obviously I don't play in either of those. But uh, nevertheless, ten and two is the way I view it. I, mean, I guess if you're Alabama, Ohio State, you might think otherwise. But not from my perspective. Ten and two is a great, great season. No matter who you're playing and. What level it is, it, it really doesn't matter to me. So, if they, I don't know that they'll get that. Nine and three is pretty good, better than what I had them. Uh, it certainly looks like nine is pretty much a guarantee uh, with uh, two cupcakes coming up. Uh, and then I guess we'll see where the, where the Trojans are at at that point. Jackson Dart got a little bit of playing time. And, and is it a controversy there? I um, mean, you know, that's still three weeks away, so four weeks away, and they'll have time to, to figure that out at that time. Uh, but for now, yeah, they've rebounded well. They did exactly what they needed to do. You know, we thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. Virginia, uh, talking to their uh, beat guy from Richmond last week and looking at the story that he wrote, they had all sorts of plays over 20 yards, over 30 yards that they allowed, yada, yada, and it was a question of uh, can BYU outscore them because there was no doubt in my mind that it was going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, and But at the same time, The defense really responded in the second half. I think they only allowed one touchdown. Obviously, the the kid got hurt, uh, and that was sad to see. Hopefully, he can get himself healthy because he was dynamic, you know, left-handed and running. So the immediately the comparisons to Steve Young and all that stuff. I get all that, uh, but uh, they made a ton of big plays, particularly in the first half. And you got to look at BYU's defense in the second half. Uh, they got it under control in a game that didn't look like it was going to be under control whatsoever. I don't know that I
0: felt, uh oh, BYU's in trouble. They were no more in trouble than Virginia was in trouble. <laughs> Nobody can get a stop. Yeah. yeah. Well, social media was full of a lot of, hey, whoever has the ball last is going to win this thing. But yet it wasn't that way. Nope. The defense responded
2: in the second half. And as I say, they had the injury there. But at that point, when he got hurt...
0: It slowed
1: uh, down in the third he, quarter. Yeah,
2: and it already had been slowing down to that point, as you say. So you really have to credit the BYU defense. It, Tuiaki takes a, hundred, a ton of heat, the defensive coordinator. But at the same time, they changed it around rather quick. Whereas Virginia, it was embarrassing. If I were a Virginia fan, I would be embarrassed that my team put up very little resistance whatsoever. It's like, well, what do we want to do? Do we want to throw it? Okay, we'll throw it. Do we want to run it? Okay, we'll run it. I mean, they could have done just about anything they wanted, and it didn't look like there was any way that Virginia was going to stop them, which was a surprise to a degree to me, because BYU's offense has had explosivity at times. (laughs) The what? Explosivity. But they hadn't put it consistently throughout four quarters, almost virtually every possession And, you know, we've seen Algier go crazy. We've seen them make big plays in the past game and Jaron Hall being able to run. We've seen that. That wasn't that unusual. But to see it to that level consistently, that's the thing that we haven't seen. And that's precisely what we saw Saturday night is that everything that they were trying was working to about as well as it could. So I don't know if that's what they're capable of. I wouldn't say they're capable of 66. I suppose if they really wanted to put 66 on Idaho State, they could. My guess is that they don't. Uh, because uh, they just don't want to do that to that team. I mean, obviously, Idaho State's going to be overmatched, and all that stuff. So with that, and and Broncos' son is going to serve in Pocatello. So if you have any degree of compassion for people from Pocatello, Idaho State's in Pocatello, right? Yeah. Okay. Broncos' son is going to be. I mean, he goes here just great guess. in just in two check. months. <laughs> It's a good guess. Well, you got part. Twin Falls, Idaho Falls, I, Pocatello, all those places. They, I mean, they're they all beautiful communities. You're done now. Let's go uh, back to your point. Rupert is not very good, as Scotty G ripped me for one time. Gordon wanted to eat in Rupert when we couldn't eat. Where's the, uh, where Evil Knievel, is that Twin Falls? Where he jumped, and we're in that town, and it was a beautiful town. I've actually spent the night in that town. Very nice town. Awesome. Spent the night coming back from the Potato Bowl. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Wanted to get a jump on the drive coming back from Boise. So the game was over, had dinner in Boise, and then drove back, stayed there at that place. Nice community. Played golf in that community, too. Very nice community. Uh, But, you know, you don't want to embarrass Bronco's son, make him feel bad as he's getting ready to go on his mission in Pocatello. Now, is that Pocatello proper? Or the surrounding greater metropolitan Pocatello area. I'm not sure. You know, I don't know what the uh, out is Bronco. I didn't know all this stuff until I listened to Bronco a week ago today. You guys call it the field, apparently. You know, is that the fee going to be at You're the Southfield? You learned about branches. Yeah, yeah. We, we got gotcha. Yeah, he broke it down for me. All these years in this community, and I came away with a, I thought I was down in Provo in August at the church education system. You know, when you go down there, used to go down there for a uh, training camp. And education lo- week. We'd try to find a place to park there for that week. we get all those campers of people tailgating, brats and brews. They'd be out in that parking lot there just, uh, what, west of the football field? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sadly, I do. So, I've been able to follow this whole thing. Right. So it's kind of weird, actually. Yeah, I learned so much from Bronco. I mean, the guy's hes a religious teacher. He's not a teacher of good defense, apparently, for Virginia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no Bronco coach team has ever given up 66 points. Well, they have now. Yeah, it was just amazing. It was really incredible to watch. <laughs>
2: Thought it was going to be high scoring. There was no surprise that it was going to be high scoring.
0: Okay, but didn't you think there would be like four minute touchdown drives? I mean, there were so many scoring drives at two minutes or less. No, once Virginia got it going in that first half, in fact
2: I tweeted out, okay, how many plays are they going to score four, <laughs> maybe five, and it was four. So maybe at going into it a little bit, but. As soon as Virginia got it going in that first half, they were literally unstoppable. And that was what was so impressive, is that BYU's defense was able to turn it around a little bit. The I had no doubt. As long as they did not turn the ball over and gave away possessions, they were going to be absolutely fine. I wouldn't have picked in the 60s. You know, I would have picked about 45. My thought going nobody, into the nobody, game was nobody. about a 45, 35, somewhere in there, 38. And that was halftime. Yeah, that's that's what I anticipated. I thought BYU had an excellent chance to win. Uh, and if they were going to win, well, no matter who was going to win, it was going to be high scoring. But I was figuring in the mid-40s to high-30s with BYU being able to come out on top. I did not expect to that level. But, I mean, they just had it going on. And I think a lot of it was just pathetic defense. It's amazing to me that... Your, but I don't follow the ACC and their recruiting and Virginia and who they're able to get and where they are in the pecking order. I couldn't tell you that. I mean, that's that's the thing about BYU when they play these teams is they play them, you focus in on them for a week, and, and psh, then they're, they're gone. gone. Yeah. yeah. That'll change the year after next. Because oh, yeah. It won't be, there'll It'll be a conference. continuation. will keep playing each other. And, you know, we'll follow it and we'll get up to speed. As I said, that summer, not so much next summer, but the summer bef- after that, I'm going to spend a great deal of time gathering as much information as I possibly can about the Big 12. I mean, it's not like I'm totally... Uh, Ignorant of it because we do watch their games, you know, watching Baylor and Texas and Oklahoma doing their thing. We always know them, Oklahoma State, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, NTCU, Gary Patterson, I bet, basically uh, getting fired after 21 seasons. Uh, what is he? I think he's like 61. We'll see if he wants to be done. Uh, it's an age where you could be done. I'm sure he could be done financially. But at the same time, if uh, he wants to get in, that's still plenty young enough to get back in. I don't know what he's going to do. I always enjoyed interviewing him over the years at Mountain West Conference Media Day. He was not necessarily a charismatic guy, but he was always a cooperative guy and did great interviews. So I followed him for a number of years, for sure, because TCU was tough and it was tough to go down there. TCU kind of reminded me of a better uh, Colorado State. And what I mean by that, Sonny Lubick, when I was covering, working for the Watchdog, Sonny Lubick had great, great teams. But the community didn't exactly rally around the program. Whereas, and I've been in TCU Stadium many times, he's had great, great teams. But when you're shadowed by the Dallas Cowboys and the <laughs> University yeah. of Texas... That's a problem. It, it's well, hard Texas a and
0: is yeah. the third most popular yeah. program you compete with. It's hard to,
2: to gather a fan base, and I've had... Uh, I've talked to Dave Rose about that at the University of Houston in Houston. Same type of principle. Some communities, and not a lot of communities that have pro sports, that's basically what they are. They're pro sport communities. And then you got to find your niche somehow, some way. I mean, look you look at SC football, the greatest rain that they had in, in recent times came when the Rams and Raiders were gone. We'll see what happens
0: going forward as they look for a new coach. Gary Patterson, Matt Wells to the Alabama staff. Nick Saban. Swoop it in. Well, I, you know, I don't know that uh, Gary Patterson needs resurrecting, though. No, he doesn't. It might be interesting for a year just to see how Nick does it. Just to be on the inside and see it. You're right. He doesn't need resurrecting the way other guys do. Now, he has been basically a 500 coach for three and a half years. And there's some weirdness in there with the pandemic years and all that. They were five and four in league last well, that's year. That's
2: why he's being let go.
0: Yeah. If he was 10-2, and two, he wasn't, wasn't going like, to be let go. No, yeah. he's
2: back. So it's obvious. Uh, but I think he's still young enough if he wants to get back in so bringing it back to Virginia I don't know why they suck defensively
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah I'm I'm
2: not gonna be paying much of attention I'm gonna check their scores and wish Bronco and those guys well but I don't get into minutiae of the football team and for one night I did and, and they couldn't stop their shadows and that was just awesome and for BYU man they backed it up you know they took a lot of grief on their schedule last year but if you gave them grief, you were wrong. They've backed it up, and yeah, they had a bad game against Boise. They turned it over, and then Baylor was just better. But it looks like Baylor's pretty good. I mean, I know it's it's uh, they they which is shocking to me because they lost the greatest spring game quarterback of all time.
0: Seven and one, still got Oklahoma to go. But other than that, they'll be favored. Well, same principle. You go ten and two. I don't mm -hmm. care if you win your division or conference. You still had an excellent season. They got TCU, who's uh, just let the coach go. They end the season against Texas Tech, who's already let the coach go. Also got Kansas State coming up, but nine and three or ten and two for those guys. Pretty good. Maybe they can win out. I mean, Oklahoma's played a bunch of close games. Win out, then they would be in the playoff if they win out. Eleven and one. I can't rule it out. I wouldn't bet on it, but. So will Oklahoma keep winning all these close games or now that they switch quarterbacks they settle in and they're going to blow people out? They've played for an undefeated team, they have played a lot of close well, games. Well,
2: you're going to go with Oklahoma cuz they're a bigger program and that's what you do. Yeah, but I like to pick against teams going undefeated cuz so few to. teams do. You're not going, you're not going to pick against Oklahoma the rest of the way <laughs> and I don't know who they'll play in the playoffs so we'll have to wait until that we get to there.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. Whole lot of winning going on. Whole lot of points being scored. Your reaction to a big weekend for the locals next. Stay with us.